Hey guys, welcome to the Bohoning Soul Podcast. Well, today I got a real treat. Um, today I'm talking to Matt Zernzak from The Push. Now, you guys all know who Matt is, and you all know who uh, you know Tim Nebel is. They run The Push, uh, super successful, uh, very, very large now, growing every day, uh, you know, podcast, uh, brand, basically. They've got a YouTube channel. Uh, they've got all kinds of archery courses. Um, I mean, just, just everything. And they've really kind of taken over... Um, uh, kind of turned the, the traditional hunting or traditional archery world kind of on its head. They've, uh, if, if you listen to some people, especially one of the more current episodes I just listened to today, you know, it, it tends to rub some of the old timers the wrong way. But the way they come at this is um, very scientific based, uh, especially with the addition of uh, Cody Greenwood, who uh, runs uh, Trad Lab in colla- collaboration with them. And uh, they, you know, they, they talk about everything. They talk about, uh, you know, aiming techniques and shooting techniques and tuning and really get down and geek out into the, the minutia of, of what makes, literally what, what, what makes the bow tick, what, what makes the, the arrow fly. So um, super great. Been listening to them since, you know, like the beginning, basically. And uh, recently on, seems like on, on, on the Facebook group, there's been a spike in interest in ILF rigs. ILF, of course, is International Limb Fitment, and, um, you know, these are those, I'm going to say it, the, the ugly metal riser bows. Uh, some people are going to say, well, the beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Well, you know, there, there, there are some that look pretty to me and some that are just absolutely just, just gaudy, but you can't deny that the tunability that comes with a... Uh, with an ILF, at least a riser. And and we're going to get into what ILF is um, d- deeper into this, but the tunability, tunability that comes with this, the weight, the shootability uh, is, I mean, you're, you're just plain flat out going to be able to adjust more with an ILF rig than you can with, you know, a, a regular, uh, let's say a, a wooden riser bow. And I do love wooden riser bows, wooden bows, don't get me wrong. But I've had a real hankering to go down the ILF uh, rabbit hole. And uh, I've been really looking hard at a Hoyt Satori. And um, yeah, uh, it, it's just, you know, but but then I realized, you know, I, I have a superficial knowledge of what ILF is and what's involved. But these guys have been shooting ILF rigs for a long time. Matt certainly has. And, you know, he's got a very, very deep knowledge of the different types of risers, uh, the different ways you can set things up, things to look for, uh, all kinds of things. So I thought since uh, there's an, you know, since I have an interest in this, I figured that some of you guys, if you don't shoot ILF, uh, may also have an interest in it, you know, and and it may take you down the path where you might want one or you might say, nope, I'm good. That's that's not for me. But either way, I figured we'd uh, take a deep dive into this. And, um, you know, Matt was gracious enough to uh, give, give me about an hour of his time. And uh, he's, you know, he's a super nice guy, super easy to talk to, um, very, very knowledgeable. And he geeks out about this kind of stuff that uh, on a level that, you know, I think even like surpasses me. And um, and I'm not just talking like knowledge wise, obviously, but in enthusiasm. So that was really, really fun to, to, to chat it up with Matt. So one thing that uh, I do want to say, by the way, too, is the audio on this one, at least on my end of it, is uh, doesn't sound as good as normal. Um, right now, I'm I'm talking on on a headset, but uh, I had to do this on uh, on my phone through Skype, through uh, basically like an earbud and a microphone. So I'm working on that. I'm working on a little better bit of a better of a mobile setup that I can do uh, to to do these recordings. But that's why you sound. Um, 
you'll hear my sound, my voice sound a little bit more, uh, more distant and Matt's sounds uh, really, really good. So anyway, without any further ado, here is Matt Cernzak and we talk about basically ILF 101. I'm, I'm sitting in my car on my, uh, my phone here. There we go. Oh, nice. <laughs> cool. Yeah, it says reporting there. So, Matt Zernzak, welcome uh, welcome to the show. How you doing? Good, man. Thanks for having me. Doing real yeah, good. Yeah, thanks, thanks for doing this. I know you're, uh, we were just talking, I know you were, you're, you're going to head up north to uh, to, to some family. Oh, did, did I say up north? Up here we say up north because it's cabiny, right? Up north is cabiny. <laughs> I, I assumed up well, north, but you're going to go Actually, it's, it, it's interesting. You're, you are correct. Our family farm is north. My hunting property is north of us, yeah. So I am okay, I, a little bit. <laughs> you you are going to do the up north thing. All right, cool. Yep. Yeah, this is uh, we're recording this July third, and there's a lot of people that are off, and I appreciate you uh, appreciate you you doing this. So um, so obviously anybody who listens to the show knows who you are, but I mean you and Tim uh, Tim Neville run the push right, which is you know a tiny teeny little uh, platform out there that there's something <laughs> about traditional bow hunting right in <laughs> <and> archery. <laughs> That's right. So. Um, I don't want to dive too deep into it because, I mean, you guys cover everything, right? But what I really wanted to focus on with you specifically was um, ILF rigs. Uh, these uh, th- There's this big push, it seems like, on especially on like the push forum, you know, in the Facebook group and stuff mm-hmm. um, for, I, I don't know, there's this big interest in, in ILF all of a sudden. And uh, I've, I've resisted and resisted because they're <laughs> uglier than sin to me, Matt. They are. <laughs> You know, and and it's not like I have anything against a sure. metal riser. It's just none of them are pretty to me. None of them like are attractive <laughs> to me. I'm not one of these like, right. oh, it's got to be wood or it's oh, got yeah, no yeah. soul. You know, I mean, whatever. But um, I'm really looking hard at a Satori mm, okay. um, because it's the least offensive looking one to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I, I I like I I find them very beautiful, and I don't know why. Like I I have a very like utilitarian. <clears throat> Uh, point yeah. of view and like that like appearances and, and aesthetics if it's utilitarian looking and it's it's just it's a tool right and so i just i'm i'm the guy that likes to spray paint my wood bows and and i know that's yeah. sacrilege and and you know i take these beautiful wood grain i cover them cover them up with some homemade camo spray paint pattern right <laughs> and uh I, it's just something about that that metal look that ruggedness i i like it when the paint on the edges start chipping off because you're beating them up so much it's just something about them i I just I really enjoy the look of a, of a metal riser. Yeah, I, I get it. And I was going to ask you, how does it feel to not only have a last name, but your last name is also a verb and an adjective, right? <laughs> Case in point. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to zernzack the shit out of my grip today. Right. right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. I have done. I I, I modify <laughs> almost every single bow I have. I haven't done it to. Uh, I've got a pika now. Um, I, uh, Tolkien Pika and that, that's, that's just too beautiful to modify, but every other bow I have, I've Zernzak my grip. Okay. You no, know, it's funny. <laughs> I, I get a kick out of that when I see somebody post that they're Zernzacking <laughs> something and, and it, and it usually means defacing their bow in some way, shape or form. And, uh, you know, it, it's one of, in all seriousness, it, it's one of those things that, you know, these boyers spend a lot of time and effort. And I know a lot of guys out there will, uh, really they, they get offended whenever uh, you take a, a orbital sander to the grip of your bow. Uh, it, but in all reality, you should make it your own, right? You should yeah. make it fit you perfectly. Um, you, you spent anywhere between $500 and $1,500 on a custom wood bow. 
Um, and if you can if you can take your your accuracy from you know uh, an eight inch group down to a six and a half inch group just by modifying that grip and taking a couple you know maybe sixty thousandths uh, off the off the heel of the grip to make it fit your hand better, man, you should do that. You know, you should absolutely do that. It, 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 being more accurate and being more consistent and having that bow fit you properly is a whole lot better than just struggling through it right and, and and keep and just for the sake of not wanting to modify that bow and i think a lot of guys are are nervous about the resale value of that because we all know we we get six months eight months maybe a year we're obsessed with a certain bow then we get bitten by maybe the longbow bug or we get bitten by uh, yep. a, a take down recurve bug and then we go oh no I, I, let's look at my corral. Let's let's figure out what bow I can sell to try to fund my new obsession of this new bow. And so I think a lot of guys are are nervous to to modify their grips or modify their bows to fit them, just because they know maybe that bow is gonna need to go up on the used market at some point. One hundred percent. I'm in that same boat. I do the same thing. I'm like, okay, you know, I'm gonna love it. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that. And then exactly what you said. A while down. Uh, some months down the road, I'm like, shit, I, I, I kind of want to sell this now. <laughs> right. I really, but I, you, and you got to yeah. disclose it. You can't be that guy. Cause I mean, I buy and sell a lot of stuff on archery talk and, and some of the other, you know, um, like traditional bow hunting uh, forum, you know, um, uh, Facebook group rather. And you don't want to be that guy that gets a reputation of like, Oh, he, you know, Oh, oh, I didn't know this was modified. You know what I mean? So you got to disclose that. You can't yeah, you be like that. If, you know, if you make enough trades and sales, right. You're, you're, you don't want to get a bad name, but yeah, I, I hear you on that. So that's a good segue, Matt, because one of, you know, my understanding is one of the, 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 the I guess, uh, attractive parts of an ILF rig is, I, I, I well, I'm going to let you explain that. Because to me, it seems like there's a lot of like different replaceable grips and grip options that you have that you don't necessarily have with a, a wood bow unless you take like a, like you said, an orbital sander or a rasp to it, correct? Yeah, exactly. Um, that that is the nice thing. So most most uh, ILF wooden, but I'm sorry, ILF metal bows. They come with a replaceable grip, whether it's wooden. Uh, some of them are 3D printed, um, and then most of them are injection molded, plastic injection molded grips. Uh, the nice thing about that is most of the Boyer or most of these manufacturers of these bows will have some type of standard. Uh, so like Hoyt, the Satori runs off of the the standard Hoyt grip geometry platform so if you do own multiple different hoits whether they're the latest and greatest um like exceed uh competition bow or the the satori those grips are going to be interchangeable uh so what you can do it's really nice is you can go to um and modify your plastic grip that's a whole lot uh lower barrier to entry to, to modify and customize your grip on, on, a, on a plastic one because if you do screw it up you could just buy another uh replaceable plastic grip but then you could take that grip and move it from bow to bow if you do have multiple bows that that can fit that same grip pl- platform right. um, some some bows like uh the spigarellis um the, those metal ilf bows they send them with uh, real bulky terrible wooden grips uh, um, and when you first get it, you're kind of like, oh my gosh, this thing is a piece of garbage. I, I, it feels terrible. But they add more mass and they add more volume to that grip on purpose to allow you meat uh, to uh, basically modify and shave it down. So it's actually hmm. designed to modify the grip uh, to your liking. And uh, then there's aftermarket. Aftermarket grips are extremely popular. One of the biggest names in, in the aftermarket grip business is Jaeger, uh, Paul Jaeger. Um, makes a uh, fantastic grip he essentially makes grips for any 
uh, ILF bow out there. And so he has uh, multiple different standard stock grips. Um, I think there's maybe... His catalog's really growing right now, but there has to be four, five, six different standardized shapes and grips. And then all he's doing is he's modifying the interface between the bow and the grip to make it uh, fit a Satori and fit a Gillow riser and you name it, they fit. Um, And those are my personal favorite. I run, I like to run a Jaeger uh, 2.0 low grip. And so that, that's, that's my, uh, grip of choice. And I run that on all my DOS risers. And, uh, if I, if one of my Jaeger grips doesn't fit a new bow, that's the first thing I'm doing is I'm, I'm getting a hold of Paul and I'm, I'm ordering a, a 2.0 low, uh, for that bow. Huh. Okay. So the, 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 the Jaeger grips now, so there is it, um, you said they've got a, a big variety, right? So you got, a, you got a high risk, medium grip, wrist, low grip, bleh, can't even talk, low risk, <laughs> but are, are all the variations, so is it like three, I guess, is is the way your palm interfaces with the grip, is that kind of standard aside from high, medium, low, and the variations are the different risers that it fits, or uh, no, does the, it have like a different kind of kind of slope to the palm, a more yep, flatter exactly. palm, or that kind of stuff? Exactly. Most, most of the Jaeger grips are, are uh, all the Jaeger grips are, are have one thing in common, is they have a really f- nice flat surface. Um, okay. And that flat surface is where your the meat of your base of your thumb interfaces with it to give you a nice landing pad for your the yeah. pad of your hand. So you're pushing that bow towards target. There's no roll. There's no concave or convexness to that grip whatsoever. It's a nice flat surface, uh, really yeah. repeatable. And then another uh, commonality is on the left edge of that grip. Speaking on a on a as a right-handed archer, and so for a left-handed grip, it would be on the right edge. There's it's a really sharp, pronounced line, and so that that just gives you a really repeatable edge to kind of indicate and index on uh, the lifeline of your of your hand. It's it just makes it really okay. repeatable. And that yeah. line, and then where that line ends, and there's some sharp points that he goes with his 2.0 grips and his is 1.0 grips and all these different uh, mics and models have that that left edge of that that grip uh, slightly changes the the swoop of the lower heel of the grip changes slightly. Um, yeah. There's a there's a John Demmer the third uh, custom grip that John came up with and then he started carrying it. Paul um, Paul Yeager started carrying it for all his uh, other bow interfaces. So um, yeah, it's it's really neat that again the. The commonality is the flat surface and the hard edge that's in towards your lifeline on the whichever right or left-handed you're shooting. Uh, those are real common with with the Jaeger grips and really repeatable, really uh, consistent indexing. Yeah, it's amazing. So when I um, when when I modify my grips, um, I'm I'm pretty much getting to the, the same. Uh, well, I mean, it's not going to be the same as the Jaeger, but I, I'm I'm wanting that same desired effect, right? I'm trying to more, mm-hmm. do more of a little flat flat. You know, le- less palm swell. I don't like it too bulky. Uh, more flat, so it doesn't you know torque and, and roll in your hand. Um, th- that's that's kind of what I'm getting. You know, the mm-hmm. area that I want to get to, and it's kind of tough to do with some wood bows. And that's why I'm like, okay, well, you know, as much as I like as, as like the wood bows, I'm. I mean, I I work on race cars for a living, so I'm 100% with you on the mechanicals of stuff. I mean, some people say, oh, it's you know. I, I don't, but you know, they're, they're kind of an awe in some of these, you know, machines or whatever, mm-hmm. but you know, in the shop, you know, there's, there's, especially with fabricators or whatever, there's a saying, it's just dumb iron. Okay. Um, it, and, and, and it's, it is a tool, so you need mm-hmm. to make it work in a, a certain way. And you, you know, as, as beautiful as bows are, I, I, I too, you know, find beauty in 
um, the mechanics of certain things, you know, or like the industrial look of certain things. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with you on that one. And, and grip to me is, as I've said it before, is everything, right? I mean, you just know when you pick up a bow and your hand kind of just kind of slots in exactly and your thumb slots in exactly. And you don't have to think about like, oh, this is, is this going to roll in my hand? Is it, is it, you know, rocking in my hand? And you can concentrate on everything else you know, instead of uh, concentrating on the grip. Like I love my fit. You know, I had a, um, I reached, I'm going to do a, a, a either video or podcast on it. So I'm not sure, but, but um, I, I got a, a 50 pound Kodiak, a 59 Kodiak. Right. And it is a totally different grip. It's thinner. It shoots totally different than the 40 pound Kodiak that I have. And the 40, even the 41, the 40 pound one, I had to, you know, shave kind of like a flat spot on it because mm-hmm. it's such a, a sharp ridge that digs right into your palm and it wants to torque. Well, the lighter bow, <clears throat> I've got that and it fits beautifully in my hand now. The 50 pound bow, I, I couldn't shave enough stuff off the thing to not have it torque. It just, it just feels different. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So uh-huh. to be able to have something off the shelf and, you know, uh, replace grips is, is kind of attractive to me and being as accurate as I can is even more attractive to me, even if, you know, you you lose some of the, the beauty of the bow, you know what I mean? And not only, um, you know, we, we haven't even gone down. We're we're like, what, 20 minutes into the 12, 15 minutes (laughs) into this thing. And we haven't even said what ILF is. ILF is international limb fit, correct? That's correct. International limb fitment. So, you know, the, I, I guess the, the premise of this is, you have a limb pocket design that uh, across, you know, whatever manufacturers decide to do it to this, um, uh, to these specifications. And you can have an IL, you can have various ILF limbs that you can buy from other aftermarket companies or other companies, and you can kind of mix and match, right? Mm-hmm. Is that, that's kind of the, the basis of ILF, correct? Absolutely. That's correct. Yeah. So we've got now uh, a riser that you can buy from, you know, various, various companies. And you've got various, uh, you know, limbs that you can buy from various companies and you can mix and match. You can, you can make your, uh, overall length of your bow, you know, wh- whatever you want it to be, you can have, and we'll get, we're going to get into this a little bit. You can have a different feel out of the limbs, depending on the size of the riser versus the, the length of the limbs, uh, that kind of thing. So for now, I, I'm not too into you know like target archery or mm-hmm. some of the competition stuff right so but for for somebody that is looking to get into uh an accurate bow that is for bow hunting that's going to be kind of bomb proof and going to give you enough adjustability that you know you, you don't you don't you don't give like too much rope to hang yourself with mm-hmm. what, what what do what do you suggest for a guy what 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 is a good kind of starter ilf like setup that you would do mm. um and tell me some of the some of the benefits like what kind of rest you would run uh you know what kind of anything else that you would run on it now honestly what what i would suggest for somebody getting into the ilf world whether they're coming over from shooting a compound and they're wanting to get into traditional archery um or there have been you know 40 years shooting wood bows and and wanting to dabble and and, uh dip their toe into the ilf world what i would what i would recommend is stay away from elevated rests uh, and I know that might sound surprising, but stay away from yeah. elevated rests and uh, and invest in a decent to high quality riser first, and then upgrade the limbs as you go. And that that would be my personal personal opinion. Okay. Uh, so 
shooting off the shelf is just going to be uh, it's, it's going to be familiar. Um, and a lot of these ILF bows <clears throat> nowadays uh, have the plunger burger button holes, uh, the 516's 24 threaded holes, uh, pretty close to where uh, you could put an adjustable side plate on or you can use a bolt or you can build up your own side plate to be able to shoot off the shelf you might have to build your shelf up a little bit by a quarter inch just to so your arrow can be somewhat close to that plunger hole button Mm -hmm. Uh, but i would just stay away from plungers right now i would just use a hard side surface and a hard bottom shelf surface and and tune your bow just like you're you're comfortable tuning how you've done it for years and years with a wooden off the shelf bow whether it's a long is that for simplicity it's or... for some it's for simplicity it's for it's for uh bomb proofness so what 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 we go down this path if, if you dive down into like the, the one of the major benefits of ilf is just the adjustability um you have you have weight adjustability you have lateral limb adjustment we can go through each one of these individually if yep. you'd like um you have all these different adjustments and it's overwhelming and one of the biggest frustrating parts of all the adjustability is is the interaction between these variables and mm-hmm. when you throw an elevated <clears throat> rest with adjustable center shot and potential vein or feather uh, interfaces with your elevated rest, it just it gets extremely frustrating. And tuning becomes, if you don't know uh, the ins and outs, if you're not a micro tuner, if you don't have a lot of experience with it, it just it, it will drive you crazy. And yeah. one of my suggestions is let's just start off the shelf and let's start understanding the variables of lateral limb adjustment and the tiller and weight adjustment in the ILF limb pockets themselves and let's get mm-hmm. that down shoot that for a couple months get your get get your stuff together figure it out get a nice really solid tune shooting off the shelf and then if you want to explore take it to the next level of consistency and accuracy we can throw an elevated rest or a plunger onto that uh and then start moving from there interesting that's not what i uh, would have thought mm-hmm. you would have said actually yep. um, yeah. yeah and so that that decent i mentioned decent to 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 high quality riser because um get a riser do do your homework and get a riser that you're really going to love you know something that you like the looks of um something that you can add weight to if you want to um and and just something that you you know you're going to really like and then from there you can get into a 120 cheap set of ilf limbs um and, and snap them on i i hunted for years with a high quality WF-19, right? This, this is a, it's not, it's not a cheap riser. It's a, I think they're going for roughly around $600 right now mm-hmm. uh, from C&D Archery. So I hunted with that for probably four seasons, I believe. And three of those four seasons, I was hunting with $120 Trad Tech, the original tr- Trad Tech Black Max limbs. Okay. And those limbs were a little over a hundred bucks. They were, I think, 55 pounds. Um, and at my draw length, I, I think I had them turned down a little bit i was like shooting 52 pounds and i mean i i killed a pile of pile of animals with with those limbs in that in that bow and i never knew the difference and then <laughs> once i started dipping my toe into the higher end limbs and i started competing more um then i started moving my limbs back and forth from my competition rig down to my my hunting rig and then now i'm just obsessed with limbs and then you dive in just like with any hobby you just start upgrading your equipment whether it's golf or whatever hobby you're into race cars or whatever it it just it just starts snowballing from there would you uh would you know i i I try to shoot off of a bare weather rest if if like if if the bow 
um, can take it, meaning mm-hmm. if the, you know, if it's cut enough and there's enough of a sight window, you know, I can't do it on my Pica, for example, it's just too small, sure. too angled, you know, there's not enough vertical surface before it starts jutting back, you know, back, you know, inboard kind of thing, stuff to describe. But um, on everything else, I tried to do that. W- would, would you, would you rec- would you recommend that? Sure. Because yeah, you those, said those are fine. If, yep. And you said as close to the burger hole as possible. Now, is that where they're, the, um, as far as string travel goes or knock travel goes or, 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 you know, the way the limbs unflex, is it designed to be shot at the burger hole height or, um, because, you know, because, because if you're right off the shelf, they're obviously going to be below that. Correct. Sure. Yep. So yep. Is, there, is there a reason you said you wanted to be as close to the burger hole as possible? Yeah. So, so the, the burger hole will allow <laughs> you with, with shooting traditional shooting, wherever, wherever your fingers are placed, um, you know, whether you're shooting split finger or three under it's, it's allowing you within a reasonable amount of adjustment in your tiller to get a good limb timing. And what I mean by limb timing is when you execute your shot and the string breaks through your fingers, mm-hmm. uh, your limbs are coming back to brace roughly at the same amount at the same time and that's going to give you a low oscillation low low noodling of your limbs after after they come back to brace and it's going to give you a nice forgiving tune and most ilf risers are designed that that burger hole is uh at a location to where um or the shelf depending if it's a if it's a hunting ilf metal riser usually that shelf is also designed like the wf19 uh has a hump built into it so mm-hmm. you shoot off the hump and it interfaces with that burger hole location pretty closely um and it's just a it's a good area from a geometric standpoint of the design of that riser where within a reasonable amount you're going to be even slightly positive or slightly negative with your tiller uh on your on your limb up in your limb pads uh mm-hmm. to get you a good even tune you're not going to have to put it a half a half inch out of you know tiller right a half inch positive or a half inch negative because your 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 uh where your arrow is laying on your rest is is completely off right okay okay so um we in any particular like style of riser because i noticed like for example like a satori which is um I'm, I'm guessing it's more of a, of a hunting style rig. It's got more deflex bit built in, like mm-hmm. built into it. It seems like it. And then I see some other uh, target rigs that are more kind of vertical. That they don't quite as have as much, uh, you know, it, 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 I mean, honestly, some of them riser wise look like a target, like compound riser, you know, where sure. they're more just kind of straight up and down. Um, so for the guy that's just wanting more forgiveness, I mean, it's pretty obvious, I'm guessing. Right. But I mean, you'd want something with a little more deflex, deflex yeah, de- in it. Deflex is a, is a good thing whenever you're looking. So it's it's I like to compare it to if you took a horseshoe and tied a string around the ends of the horseshoe, okay. Yep. You're pulling on that string. If you're trying to hold it to where the, the feet of the horseshoe are pointing away from you, it's the, the that that bow is going to want or that horseshoe is going to want to turn around on you when you mm-hmm. start pulling on that string. But if you turn the feet towards you to start with and you have your hand way inside that horseshoe that's essentially deep uh, extreme deflex and that bow is going to be real stable right right um but the problem is is there's a there's a point at which uh it's there's too much deflex just because of performance um mm-hmm. if if you had a if you had a bow that was truly shaped a riser that was truly shaped like a horseshoe and then the limbs came off the pad and you were way in there you would essentially be from your limbs point of view you would only be pulling it like 18 inch draw length yeah right? you'd have no you'd have no um no uh, actual trap right no travel right yep exactly or so you'd cut down on your uh what am i trying to say um your perform your limb performance is going right. to start tanking right, right. um 
so so there is a happy medium there uh and we've been doing a lot of uh riser geometry studies and and basically uh with with cody greenwood with trad lab and everything that we're doing uh we've been pulling in every riser that's that's made whether it's a 17 inch 19 inch 21 inch or all the way up to 25 27 29 inch competition risers we've been doing uh bow geometry studies and trying to understand the correlations between deflex and plunger hole positioning and and you name it we've been looking at it and what yeah. we're finding is um there's there's a there's a, a relationship with plunger hole position uh towards the target and towards the archer as it relates to where your pressure point is on your grip like where the meat of your thumb is um right. and then also the overall deflex of, of the riser and uh i would say mid mid grade deflex to a decent amount of deflex is where you want to be um yeah. definitely don't want to have a reflex riser there are there are some old recurves out there um that are that are metal uh, that you see that actually have reflex to where the limb pads are forward of the grip. And I mean, by forward of the grip, a lot. Yeah, like the uh, Martin, what was it? The Martin uh, something. Yeah, uh, that's uh, the Jaguar, the, right? Jaguar, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, just, just an awful, awful bow to shoot. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I've, I've never shot one, but I've Oh, yeah, man, I mean, yes. It, it's, that, that bow is, is quite, quite frankly, it's like the uh, horseshoe example I gave. Mm-hmm. Um, to where you're shooting it with with the horseshoe feet pointing away from you, uh, but yeah. So uh, you know, uh, DOS risers are are great. The WF19. Uh, so I guess if you look at it from a deflex perspective, the Hoyt Satori has a decent amount of deflex. Okay. Um, yeah. Next in line would be that DOS and the WF19. They're kind of similar. They're a little bit more of aggressive um, riser geometry. Uh, you're going to get a little bit more out of your limbs there with mm-hmm. a little with a little bit uh, less deflex. Um, it's you're going to get a little bit more feedback in the shot as well. Um, I personally I like a little bit of feedback in my shot, and right. what I mean by feedback is I like the bow to kind of tell me how the shot went. I don't like a plucky bad shot and a really good shot to feel the same to me. Um, Got it. Yeah. Through the riser, I w- I want that feedback. I want to know what happened at the shot. So most of the time with my bows, how they're set up, I could tell just by the feel of that shot how that arrow is going to go, and it's it's it, just halfway down range. Is that because with uh, with less deflex, um, the limbs kind of go more vertical at brace, you know, as they hit home, and they kind of hit more forward than upward? Is that? It's, it would be like, so for me, it'd be the difference between just getting comfortable with an anchor at 27 inches mm-hmm. or getting comfortable at an anchor with the same limb, same riser, same setup at 27 and a half or 27 and three quarter inches. It's just, okay. you're, you're going to get more feedback in that because that, that those limbs have a larger power stroke. Right. Okay. Okay. Yep. And so, now, um, we're, we're talking about the lengths of risers, right? Yep. So we've got, you know. You know, 17, 19, 21, all the way to 25. Mm-hmm. Now, my, my question is, for, for it seems like the target guys, the, the longer the riser, the more stable it is. Now, why why is that? I, so I, it, I never understood the stability because, they, again, they seem to have less deflex. And it would seem that you're holding more of like a, like a two by four stick in your hand straight up and down rather than something that kind of curves back towards you. So what, what makes it more stable? So it's interesting because when you look at that, that riser, right, if you, let's look at the, the difference between a 20, uh, WF 25 by yep. CND archery and a WF 29 that they just came out with the WF 29. Actually, it doesn't look like it, but it actually has more deflex than the WF 25 version. 
Uh, and, it, and I believe it has more deflex than the WF-19 version as well. It just doesn't look like it because that, that small quarter-inch extra or, or three-sixteenths mm-hmm. extra deflex, it gets lost in the length of that riser because that riser Right, it's a bigger so curve, tall. but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, the reason why they're more, more stable, it's just it, it goes, it's a lot of variables interacting to make them more stable. One, one main thing is the, the string angle. Um, so the longer the bow, the string angle is going to be really obtuse from the shooter's mm-hmm. perspective, yep. uh, which is going to be really forgiving for string walking, finger pinch. It's just going to be a really nice, stable platform. Uh, also, mass weight, and you're taking a lot of the length of that riser, and you're making it a, the rigid part. So the theory behind a lot of these guys moving to a longer riser is that if you looked at a 70-inch bow, which would be a, um, it would be a 25-inch riser with extra longs i believe no yeah longs would be a 70 inch riser if you took a 29 inch riser and put shorts or mediums on it and you get that roughly that same bow length Mm -hmm. um you would have more of the bow that's rigid and not moving and the theory there is uh uh, the more of the bow that's not moving the less variation you're going to have shot to shot and so that's that's the thought process there Okay. Okay. You know, I never thought of it that way because mm-hmm. obviously the biggest flexible thing you have are those two big springs, top and bottom, right? <laughs> right. I mean, right. But but like most, yeah. you know, it, it's one of those things where I think it's more just string angle and just a longer bow. They're just taking this longer bow thing to the extreme because most mm-hmm. of the guys are not saying, "Hey, I'm going to run a 29 inch bow. I'm going to put shorts on it." Since I was running a 25 inch bow with longs, they don't right. keep the bo- they don't keep the bow length the same. They they just extend the bow length up to 72, 74 inches, right? Okay. So they they still have the same amount and length of moving parts through the limbs. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if it's null and void. Honestly, I don't have a ton of experience with anything over a 70 inch bow. I haven't got in. I I played with the 27 inch Gillo. I I had that for one competition season. I didn't get along with it very well. Um, and so I've, I've been shooting 25 inch, uh, risers or under, uh, for the last three or four years. Now for your, uh, for your hunting rig, mm-hmm. um, what, 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 what kind of, what size bow are you running? What, um, cause we're so talking, I, I want to get into string angle here. There's a reason I'm asking this. Okay, perfect. Um, so I, I am a 64 inch guy. Uh, I, wow, okay. so I love 64 inch bows. I run, uh, whether it's a 19 inch with longs. Or a 21 inch with mediums. So, so right now, um, right now I'm running a DOS 21. I'm running it uh, for hunting. I'll be running it off the shelf, and uh, I'll be running it with medium Uka VX Plus limbs, which gives me a 64 inch bow. Um, I am currently obsessed with the 21 inch platform, and mm-hmm. uh, it, it's just it's a it's a really nice length riser. It gives you that. Uh, stable platform. It gives you that that feel of just stability and consistency. As it, it really reminds me of a competitive riser. It's just it it goes over that threshold. It makes that jump from 19 inches up to 21. And and it's funny because a lot of the community are not fans of the 21 inch. I would say out of 17 inches, the most popular. And then 19 inches, getting more and more popular over the years. You're seeing a whole lot more bow manufacturers come out with 19-inch platforms. Um, and a lot of more people are buying them. Um, mm-hmm. the, the 21 is something that just hasn't really been entertained. Not a lot of people came out with 21. There's not a lot available. There's not a lot of options out there um, for 21-inch risers. But uh, we've been running 21-inch risers here for the last six or seven months. Um, and they are just... A fantastic platform the thing i like about them so much is i can be uh 
I could be in a tree stand hunting on Saturday and snap my competition set of limbs on and post up some pretty damn good scores on a Sunday on a 3D course running that uh-huh. same riser. You know, it's that nice, it's that nice middle ground between uh, I want to shoot accurately, I want to shoot as accurately as is possible. I want a platform to shoot off of that is as most accurate as possible, but not make those gigantic sacrifices of bow length um, like you do with a 25-inch riser. But it Got also it. gives you the ability to um, maximize your points on a 3D course throughout the summertime, but also use that same riser that you're so familiar with all through the summertime and, and walk in the woods. And, and it's like, it, it's, it's a part, it becomes a part of you throughout the year. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I just, I just got done a, a podcast uh, with, with Jason Sam Koviak. We were talking about, you know, what bow and, you know, this is the same, you know, beware the man with one rifle kind of oh, thing. Oh yeah. I absolutely. wish I could be that. Cause I mean, I love shooting w- way too much stuff, but the reason I was asking about string angle, and this has not necessarily to do with, um, uh, ILF in general, but, um, a while right or wrong. Okay. Again, I'm not everything before we go down this, everything in my logic is completely against what like someone like a Tom Clum would say, you know, but I, I found that, and I did a couple of videos on this, like a recurve, like a shorter bow versus a longer bow. Mm-hmm. And for me, one of the problems I have is being in like a, a shooting down from an elevated position in real mm-hmm. world, quote unquote position, or if I'm contorted, if I'm on the ground, I'm twisting around, whatever. Um, I know the, the theory is that I'm supposed to have, you know, bend at the waist, the upper T, you know, formation, mm-hmm. configuration, whatever, absolutely. But I know that that's, I, I whether it's cop out or not, that that's just not going to happen, you know, yep. in, in the field if I wanted to, right? Absolutely. So one of the things that I found out just, just by shooting various lengths of bow, I don't have my Kodiak Magnum anymore, but that's a 52-inch bow. Now, that one, because it's such a short bow, that when I'm shooting downward, that 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 string angle is so uh, acute, it kind of goes away from your body at a lot sharper angle mm-hmm. when you're, especially when the lower you know, when, when you're shooting downward and that lower limb is yep. close to your, you know, like love handle kind of area or whatever, <laughs> that string would go away from my body and have like no interference. Yep. When I was shooting, um, I had a, <clears throat> an Omega original, which is 64 inch, mm-hmm. uh, just as an example, same draw length, same everything. I found that I, you know, I was having like the string because it's like you said, it's such an obtuse angle. It kind of, right. it doesn't go jut away from your body at, at, as sharply that I was having more interference. And there's something mm-hmm. in the back of my mind that I had to consciously think about and look down and make sure that I wasn't going to hit my sure. side, you know? So I, I guess I'm, I'm, whether it's ILF or not, I'm, I'm trying to find a happy medium mm-hmm. of, you know, the string angle going away from me, which goes against, you know, the less string angle you sure. have, the more stable that, that you're going to be able to shoot it. So I, I guess in a, in a, in a hunting or like a quote unquote real world situation, I'm trying to find that, that best balance, you know, but I'm also trying to, um, get something that is the most stable in my hand and, mm-hmm. and, and all the other factors that go to making and executing a good shot where you don't have to think about the bow and you're thinking about what you need to be thinking about. Sure. You know what I mean? What, what, what do you think about that? Yeah, these, these are great, great observations. And, and, and 
very common. Everything you've said there is super common, especially even with guys coming over from compound. Um, they're they're running like thirty six inch axle to axle uh, compounds, and the <clears throat> thought of the thought of even a a fifty four inch longbow recurve is like right. makes their skin crawl. Um, but you're exactly right. If you're if you're used to that fifty six, fifty eight, sixty inch bow uh, shooting from a tree stand or even in a blind, that's that's the biggest hiccup that mm-hmm. I see. Um, it's it just a longer bow is just like oh man I don't know if I'm gonna do that. Um, but here here's my opinion on this. So I, I'm gonna pull my phone out here real quick. Um, okay, so I roughly shoot on average. Um, I definitely get in uh, six days a week, especially now working from home. I have my um, my work set up. I have a standing desk down in my garage, and I roll my garage doors up. And right outside of my garage, a lot of people, if you're um, part of the Facebook group, you see where my range is. It's right off mm-hmm. my driveway. And so I can stand in my garage, step outside between meetings and shoot up to my archery range. So uh, recently I've been getting uh, at a minimum, I mean, the absolute worst case day, I'm shooting 100 arrows a day. Okay. Nice. So let's let's just say that's I'm doing that five days a week as a, as a conservative estimate, right? So 100 arrows times five, that's 500, um, 500 arrows. <clears throat> Uh, per week, which is really, really light. I mean, that's that's that would be a super light week for me. And let's say that I do that 50, week, 50 weeks out of the year, okay? So on a very, very super light end, I'm shooting 25,000 arrows a year. Wow. Okay? That's that's extremely light. I would say it's probably it it, it it's probably closer to 35 to 40,000 arrows a year. And, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> now, of those very conservative estimate of those 25,000 arrows. Last year alone, uh, including groundhogs, um, the 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 goat in Hawaii, the the whitetails I killed, um, and I'm sure there were some other other random animals in there. Let's say I had a, a on an average whitetail hunt. Let's just let's just talk averages instead of just me. But let's say I lose 12 arrows at a living animal, right? So 12 arrows divided by 25,000 is, and then times that by 100 would be our percentage. So I am. Point zero four eight percent of the arrows that leave my bow mm-hmm. are shot at big game animals or shot at animals in general. Point zero four eight percent. So, to me, I want the other ninety nine point nine six is what that math comes out to. So I want the yep. other ninety nine point nine six percent of arrows to be the most accurate, most uh, forgiving, and most enjoyable. I want to enjoy those 99.96% of arrows the most I possibly can. So I'm going to set my equipment up to maximize my enjoyment of those 25,000 arrows. And I will make accommodations and I will change the way maybe I hunt or maybe the way I'm setting up my shot or maybe the way I'm setting up my stand sights um, to accommodate those 12 arrows uh, that that I'm shooting. And I know a lot of the pushback might be that um, the... uh, you're shooting those 25,000 arrows in preparation for those 12 that you shoot right. uh, throughout the throughout, whole fight which, like you train kind of thing. Yep, you know what I mean? And, like they say in the military, fight like sure. you train. And, yeah. and I, I get that. However, um, when you shoot, when you're shooting with, which all traditional archers, we love shooting our bows. We love it. Mm-hmm. It's just something we have to do. And, it, and it's funny because it's not, it's something you have to do to stay proficient, but it's something you also want to do, which, which inhibits shooting it often. Right. Um, but one of the things is, is if you're shooting a 64 inch bow, um, all year round, you'd be amazed at how 
comfortable you get with that. You know how to move your body. Um, yeah. you know how to like, so, um, I, I'm a big ground hunter and, uh, and I also like to tuck myself up into some gnarly trees as well. If I am hunting out of a stand and I've just, I've never had any issues. I, I get myself into some pretty thick, crazy, gnarly little ambush spots, uh, especially hunting from the ground. You have to, you know, you're shooting out of these little pockets of these really thick, gnarly underneath the boughs of trees or, uh, in these big thickets. And, um, I just have never had any issues shooting a 64 inch bow. I've always just been able to make, make the accommodations. Yeah. Uh, so I would personally recommend shoot the longest riser and the longest limbs that you personally feel comfortable shooting. And that would be the general rule of thumb, whether that's a 19 inch riser with mediums, you think that that's, that's the longest you want to go. Um, then, then that's great. But I, I would, I would highly recommend, um, really pushing that upper limit of bow length, uh, get yourself out of that comfort zone and forget about um, forget about those twelve arrows that you shoot per year at animals, and yeah. start start considering the twenty thousand, thirty thousand arrows <laughs> you're shooting for the rest of the year, and try to maximize your enjoyment there. And I think what you'll find is that you'll just those twelve arrows are just going to go a lot better at those animals if you're if you have a really stable platform to shoot off of. Well, it's twenty five thousand shots of confidence, right? Too. That's right. I mean, that's got to go a big way, like mentally, when you you get good shooting. You know, that's assuming you do. You know, get good and you shoot a certain <laughs> length all the time, and the feedback, the mental feedback that you get, whether you know it or not, is building your confidence shot to yep. shot to shot to shot to shot. Yep. And then you know, it's just, I don't. I I see both sides. And my fear is again, it's like you do all that, and all of a sudden you start. You know, um, something comes by, you lean down. And then something that in those 25,000 shots never happened before. It's like, oh, yep. shit, what is this? I'm, 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 you know, is my <laughs> yeah. lower limb for me? It's like the lower limb clearance uh-huh. on, on the tree. Cause I'm, you know, I started saddle hunting last year, you know, the lower limb seems to be mm. my, my, my issue, gotcha. you know? Um, but I, I 100% understand what you're saying. It's, yeah. it's once you, once you train your mind to be like, you know, the, the, the confidence level when it skyrockets, you're going to make when it's yeah, it, time comes you're going to make a better shot i think you know? and you and you uh you just when you spend that much time with that bow and it's comfortable you, it's just it's just a new boundary right if your boundary right. was like a, a sphere around you when you're hunting of uh 60 60 inches because that's the bow platform you've been shooting and then right. you extend it by two inches on either end because you're wanting to shoot a 64 inch bow um it's really when you think of it that way just two extra inches of that sphere um radius is is not really that much bigger and you kind of just make those accommodations i can i can think back to the last um let's say five or six years since i've been running 64 inch bows and i can think of two times that it's hindered me um the Hmm. one time i'm i'm actually i'm digging through some old gopro footage before we started like filming our youtube video our youtube hunts our hunts for youtube i should say um i was running a head mounted gopro just for a few years and so I have I have a lot of like really raw uh, hunts that I that I've filmed in the past, and so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thinking about posting a few of those. But one, I had, yeah, you should. I I had some deer come in, and I was uh I was pretty high. I, I think I was like 22 feet off the ground, and it was like a downward slope. And the these deer came in on the downward side of me, and I leaned over and I shot, and I just I shot low. It just, it, the, the angle messed with me. I didn't set my gap correctly and I mm-hmm. shot low and I'm like, gosh, and you know, I'm, I'm mad. I'm spitting nails and these deer just bounce, you know, 
five yards and stop and they're one broadside so I, I load another arrow and i draw back i get into anchor i i mean i that sight picture was green light it was like this is it you're done like i'm not making that mistake again and i yeah. released that in the my my harness that i was wearing for my 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 safety line uh was really loose on my left leg like looser than it ever was yeah and i must not have tightened it whenever i got in it got put it on at the truck and my lower limb caught that strap uh-huh, uh-huh. and my bow almost it was so violent my bow almost flipped out of my hand because it just it because the tip it, dug in oh my the gosh strap. it was yeah it was it was just <laughs> yeah. horrible i missed that deer again i got it all on footage and i was so angry and uh so that that was one and then two was two seasons ago um i have this on footage as well i hit my lower limb off of a ladder stand it was the first time that ever happened i'm always very uh, cognizant of that, of where that lower limb is. Like I said, right. like, like we were just talking about, uh, it's, it's an extra two inches o- over a, over a 60 inch platform on the lower end. If you're shooting a yeah. 64. Oh, and I just, I didn't lean over that stand enough and I nipped the bottom edge of that. And, uh, I, the arrow still impacted where it needed to. Um, and that, that, that deer died pretty quickly. Um, but that, that was the other issue that I found. That was this, that was the second time that that it happened. But yeah, I I guess the importance is just like anything, you you just, you just gotta shoot in actual conditions with whatever weapon you've got, you know, and then just, just be comfortable, comfortable with that. So anyway, so I want to steer this back toward the ILF thing. Now the last, well, two things I want to talk about. One was, um, the length of limbs now, the, and and their effect on, on poundage. Now, how do you, uh, what, what's what's kind of like the rules of thumb like for you know x many inch difference in riser uh on oh, okay. x yeah, many inch limb sure. what's you know like a 40 pound limb on one riser makes like a 45 yeah, pound limb sure. on, how, how does that work okay yeah so um so let's let's if you don't mind let's just step through the ilf real quick uh the, the yeah. limb pocket so ilf international limb fit um like you said earlier in the show uh, what that is, is, is imagine taking your takedown riser right now, um, it, it, your bolt down wooden bow and yep. take the limbs off and then put the bolts back into the riser. Essentially, that's what an ILF bow looks like. It's, it's basically a, a flat surface of where your limb pads are with the tiller bolt, which is, uh, your, your limb bolt is already sticking in the riser. It's permanently in there. Mm-hmm. And on the very end of the riser, the butt end would be a dovetail groove. So on the butt of your limb... Um, there, the limb straddles your limb bolt and then interfaces with the underneath of the bolt. So we call that the limb bolt forks and it it straddles that thing. And then on the underside of the limb where it interfaces with the riser is an actual dovetail bushing that has a little detent spring and it snaps into that dovetail groove. So as that, as that limb is sliding in along parallel with that limb pad angle, it's straddling that limb bolt as the dovetail slides into the end of the riser. And then that's your, that's your international limb fit. And so all that geometry from where the dovetail geometry is to the tiller bolt and then from where the uh, forks at the end of the of the limb to where your dovetail is, all that is standardized. So uh, the Hoyt Satori and the Gillo Ghosts and the WF-19 all share the same limb uh, pad geometry between where their tiller bolts and their uh, dovetails are. And then... Uh, Uka limbs and Hoyt limbs and you name whatever other ILF manufacturer limbs are out there, they all adhere to it as well. And there's minor tolerance differences. And you do know that like just being in the game long enough, you'll know that these limbs are, their limb butts are a little bit longer than these ones. But for the most part, 
any limb will fit any riser and you don't really have to worry about it. And what that makes it nice is that now you can swip and ma- mix and match Hoyt limbs and Uka um, risers and you name it. Right. So, um, but with that comes, there's a little bit of issue with poundage. Uh, so the nice thing about the ILF geometry is those tiller bolts can move in and out when those limbs are seated into that riser. And when you're moving those tiller bolts in or out, you're preloading those limbs differently. And so the rule of thumb is, let's say your bow is 50 pounds at 28 inches. That bow is going to have 10% weight adjustment. Okay, five, 5% up and 5% down off of that nominal. So with that 50 pounds, let's say that 50 pounds was in that mid bolt range, uh, you're going to be able to go two and a half pounds heavier. So up to mm-hmm. 52 and a half, and you're going to go down two and a half pounds. So 47 and a half. Um, so that's really nice to be able to adjust your, your, your poundage. And what makes that nice is if you're shooting off the shelf and you're tuning your bow and you have a slightly weak reaction, uh, and your, your, your arrow is impacting at 25 yards, you know, two to three inches weak, uh, you can then pop the set screws out on your tiller bolts and back your tiller bolts out and take your bow from 50 pounds and take it down to, let's say, 48 pounds. And right. that's going that's going to bring your your bear shaft right in with your group. Right. Um, so that's really nice being able to micro tune there. Um, also, tiller adjustment, depending on if you're shooting three under or you're uh, a fixed crawl hunter and you're you like playing with string walking or you're shooting three or split finger. Uh, you can adjust the tiller to even tiller, slightly positive, slightly negative to make sure that your limbs are coming back to brace in time with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, now, where it kind of gets a little confusing is let's say that exact same that exact same scenario you have that bow right there and that bow is 50 pounds and it's a 17 inch riser uh but after this conversation you're like oh maybe i will try a 21 inch riser and you go and buy a 21 inch riser and you put those same exact set of limbs on that 21 inch riser the rule of thumb is for every inch you grow a riser with the same set of limbs, those limbs are going to lose one pound per inch of bow length you've grown it. Okay. Okay, and and vice versa. For every inch that you reduce the length, um, <clears throat> you're, you're gaining one pound per inch. So that exact example, if you went from a 17-inch riser to a 21-inch riser, that's a four-inch difference that you just grew the length. And mm-hmm. so that 50-pound limbs are now going to be 46-pound limbs on that 21-inch riser at right. the nominal. And then from there, that 46-pound limbs can adjust 5% heavier or 5% lighter uh, by adjusting that 21-inch riser's tiller bolts in or out. Got it. And that's because the, the longer the riser is, the, the less the limbs are flexing. That's correct. Right? That, at, that's at, right. At a, at a given draw length, right? That's so right. So the less flex, less less energy that's that's into it. Okay. That's right. So um, then, okay, so that, that makes pretty, pretty good sense then. So, okay, so rounding this out then, I guess – for going back to like an entry level guy. Now I know you said you you would kind of stay away from uh, an elevated rest. Now the if a guy were to put an elevated rest on there, d- does it go through the burger hole or is there is it mount a certain like does it is does it mount on you know the burger mm-hmm. hole itself? Sure. Or yeah. Is the burger hole just for doing the adjustable side plate left and right like like a like a biter or, or whatever? Okay, so there's there's a couple different versions. So uh, the first version is uh, the first version of ILF riser that you'll see has it would be more towards a hunting style riser, and there's only one burger hole. So there's only okay. 
there's only one, and it's usually down near the shelf. And so what that allows you to do is run a, a uh, adjustable side plate, like our AccuTune that we have available. So that that's allowing you to put that through the burger hole and adjust your center shot left and right, and it's intended yep. to still shoot off the shelf. Um, now, what you could do in that scenario is there are stick-on elevated rests. Like you mentioned, the bare weather rest. There's yep. all kinds of – there's the there's – the, the, T300, there's, you go on to Lancaster or RMS Gear or Three Rivers and just look up elevated rest. There are hundreds of elevated rests that stick on the side of the window. And these are super accurate. They're, they, some are just molded plastic. Some are um, a, a metal plate with a little magnet and a, and a spring in there. Um, yeah. and, and they're really simple and they're pretty robust. And so that that's an option. And then what you could do after you stick that rest on, there's a hole through it that you're supposed to straddle that plunger hole. And then you can okay. come in with a plunger or a hard or a hard set screw or a hard bolt and shoot off of that elevator rest. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. So then the second style of of a riser that you'll get into is there are two plunger holes and they're at the same height one forward and one back, and they're usually a little over a half inch away from each other. And so what this enables you to do is run a wraparound elevated rest. And what a wraparound elevated rest is, is it has a, uh, a bracket that, if you're a right-handed archer, this bracket comes in from the right of the riser and interfaces with the quiver side of your riser, of your sight window. Okay. And that forward plunger button, or that forward plunger hole, is just used for a bolt, uh, a big... Um, hex uh it, it's a button head cap screw and mm -hmm. so that attaches the bracket to the side of the riser and from the shooter side of the riser this this um springy rest the spring rest will wrap around the riser and come in from the shooter side so absolutely actually this bracket comes from the right side of the riser it goes around the shooter side of the riser and then over into the sight window and then okay. the rearward plunger hole is still open this bracket would have a big slot in it that, that allows you to still come in with a plunger or a bolt uh, or whatever you're wanting to use. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that, those are the two options there. <laughs> um, and then the, the, the last option uh, that right now is, is the springy rest. And the springy rest is something that uh, has been around for decades and decades, and decades. Um, and they are available. Um, you can buy them from Three Rivers, I believe, right now. Randy Cooling selling them. Pat Norris Archery sells them. Um, you can have them on their stock springy rest platform, which I'm not a big fan of. But mm -hmm. the springies, you can buy the extra springies, and they will uh, they will mount on the end of an AccuTune as well. So it allows you to um, use a single plunger hole, uh, give you the elevated rest. It gives you the cushioning in the vertical, and it gives you cushioning in the horizontal planes. Uh, right. If you are spring walking or you know have a, have a little bit of a plucky release, it does give you a little bit of that forgiveness. What would you say is the most uh, like robust as far as um, I, I love the weather rest, but but it wears down. Mm -hmm. And I've tried doing the maybe I'm not doing it right. Um, that that Teflon that you can put yeah. around it, but I can never get the Teflon to stick to that little, little arm, you know, properly because I guess that's supposed to cut down on wear. So over time, it wears down, and you got to move your knocking point down, you know, because you get a little tail high because it effectively tips your arrow down. Sure. Um, so otherwise, you know, I, I love the bare weather, but I mean, is there something that's more wear resistant than the, than a weather rest, but doesn't necessarily have to have like all the uh, adjustability and, and stuff? I mean, just something very simple. Yeah, so currently the, the struggle is is with a rest, um, you want to have forgiveness in the vertical or the horizontal plane. Um, and to do that, you need to have 
either uh, a hard material that has some type of spring or some type of forgiving uh, weak link within the system to mm-hmm. allow it to actually give you that that uh, deformation and movement that that cushions that arrow as it's moving yeah. past the riser, um, or if it's a single one-piece like molded part, it needs to just be a semi-soft material that has given it. And, and yeah. as we all know, semi-soft material sucks at wear resistance. Exactly. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And and so, uh, unfort and unfortunately, when you look at like springy rests or any other type of metal rest that's on the market, that's going to mm-hmm. give you that robustness. That right. that stuff is super loud when you're drawing an arrow across it. Yeah. So you have to use some Teflon tubing and that, and of course, whenever you're using Teflon tubing, that Teflon is no different than the bare rather, rather rest where it's going to last you about a thousand yep. arrows and, and you're going to start seeing it wear. And, uh, and then it's just a maintenance thing. Um, yeah. so, uh, it, it, I, w- I would say, um, it, it's an issue, uh, but I would lean personally, I would lean more towards a metal riser, whether it's a springy or one of the T three hundreds and then, uh, use a, high-grade plastic um, Teflon tubing that's just going to be a little bit of a maintenance. But you can see on the T300s, I believe um, there's versions out there similar to those that come with a really hard plastic tubing that it, it's a, it's pretty fantastic. It, they, they last like ten to 15,000 arrows before you have to replace really? that, that tubing. Yeah, it's it's really, really wear-resistant. And the metal doesn't fatigue? That the springiness doesn't fatigue? Or is, uh, that, it, is that an issue? It, it is an issue with some brands, um, but uh, wraparound rests like the Spigarelli ZT, I've been running the same wire on my competition rig um, for five or six years, and that is tons. And I mean, we just kind of did the math on on how many arrows we shoot a year, and I mean, it's it, it's going strong, and it's well over uh, 100,000 arrows through it, and it's I'm wow. not seeing fatigue issues. Yeah, I mean, good good point you made by the way a little while back about the uh, that you need a little bit of give because if 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 you've done any kind of like tinkering at all, um, like shooting shooting like right off the shelf, even you know with, with like Velcro or whatever, even like a really radius nice shelf where it only contacts the arrow in a very very tiny mm-hmm. spot, that's different than when someone says, well, just put like a matchstick under it or or you know toothpick or whatever under under it, right? Well, that hard point. Um, to, to me, it, th- that changes the give, you know, whether it's like a downward pressure or whatever, mm-hmm. as the limbs on, you know, on, unwind, um, that's different than let's say using, you know, building up like a, l- a little Velcro patch and you cut like a tiny little Velcro patch. That's still a tiny little point, but it's softer than let's say like a matchstick. All of those are give completely different, like dynamic reactions to, um, the arrow I- I've found, you know, so it, it seems like, like I say, it needs a little bit of give, but it needs, you know, support. And the problem I've always found with some of the Velcro ones or things like that is like, if they do wear down over time and it changes the, the, you know, when like the, like the wires of the, Vel- the Velcro, you know, the, the cushy part of the Velcro mm-hmm. starts to wear down, you don't have that, that cushiness anymore. And over time you can see the difference, you know sure. what I mean? So it's great when you have something that, is a, a lot harder like a weather rest but again that wears down but at least the um the the, the, the it, it wears down but the the give of the material itself is always constant you mm-hmm. know so uh, it's 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 one of those deals so i don't know i i, I really like that weather rest I've, I've always had better flight no matter what bow I, I put that on um i just wish it was something a little more uh 
uh, wear, wear resistant, you know, and I know, I, I think I, I, I mean, I gotta ask him again, but I messaged Jerem Snyder about it. Cause he said something about, uh, using that Teflon, they sell that really hard Teflon tape mm-hmm. that you can put over the, that, uh, the arm. But again, I've, I haven't been able to get it to stick properly or I'm not, maybe I'm not doing it right, but that's supposed to cut down on wear resistance like, sure. tremendously. So, you know, maybe that's, that's something uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to fill around with, try, try a little bit better. So, okay. So to wrap this up, Matt, um, a guy like me getting in, I mean, like a 19 inch riser, you know, on, on medium limbs. I mean, is that, is that something that that's like a good starting point for somebody to end up with like a 62 inch kind of bow, you know, might have one burger hole to put either, you know, elevated rest, or like you said, if they want, you know, shoot right off the shelf. I mean, is that kind of a good starting point? Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's a great starting point. Um, I would definitely, uh, personally, I just, I, I like to, I like the 19 inch platform or the 21 inch. Uh, I'm not a big <clears throat> fan of the 17. Um, yeah. and I just feel that the 17, I personally need to put a, an absurd amount of weight below the grip, um, mm-hmm. through in the plunger holes or get creative with adding weight to, to get it as stable as, um, something in the 19 or the 21 inch platform that I can get stable with half the amount of mass weight uh, added yeah. to the riser to get it to react the way I want it to. Um, so 19-inch riser, medium limbs, long limbs, I, I think is is a really great platform to start off with um, and, uh, and and go from there. And again, you know, if, if playing around with 21-inch uh, risers as well are just really, really awesome, awesome platforms. I know I know the 21-inch platform is definitely uh, taking it a step uh to the extreme for some for yep. a lot of a lot of bow hunters um, going in there, but uh, once once you start dabbling in this, and you start seeing some of the benefits. Man, that that twenty one platform is pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, I've been doing some reading on, like I said, just the Satori because that's kind of all. That's all I keep saying Satori. I'm not set on it, but I, I really like the looks of it. But um, so I, I've been comparing like the 17, 19, and twenty, mm-hmm. and everyone that's that's shooting seventeen, they're saying, well, it's not quite as stable um as the 19 and the 21 obviously so um that seems to be a common thing plus i think with the 17 you only get one hole and you don't get the um i I don't think i'd I'd run like a um like a hoy quiver where you know it's it's, you know it's drilled and tapped for quiver Mm -hmm. you know i'd probably just run like a selway or whatever anyway Mm -hmm. limb mounted but um i i guess that's a consideration but everyone's saying from what I understand, you know, go 19 or 21. Now, does the smoothness change? Let's just say we're going to keep it at a at a 62 inch bow, right? Okay. I'm thinking like selfishly here for me, and I'm like, sure. ah, I probably want most of 62 inch bow. So that would be like a 19 inch riser with with medium limbs. Is that does that get you 62? I think? Yep, that's right. Yep, <clears throat> yep. So how how is the let's compare that to a 21 inch riser with short limbs? Now how obviously you're going to have a difference in feel and in, in, mm, in the draw absolutely. cycle. Yeah. Uh, but how, how much so, um, and I don't yeah. know this is subjective, sure. okay, but how, how much so you think? Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be, uh, very dependent on the limbs themselves, what limbs you're running. Uh, you could probably get away with that set up a 21 with shorts, um, and feel pretty comfortable. What, what's your draw length? Um, 27. 27. Okay. Um, so I don't, I don't think you would have too, too, I, I'm not hundred percent sure if you'll, you'll see a huge issue with 21 in shorts, but you know, I, I rarely recommend somebody going into shorts. Um, I just, I just, I just don't recommend it. Uh, I figured that's what you'd say. Yeah. Yeah. Short shorts to me is just, uh, I don't, I don't know why I have a mental block and I have, I have no, evidence or no data to support this but the short i've that's I, what I cody's know. for 
<laughs> yeah, I don't own a set of short limbs, um, and I've I've shot every length bow that you can imagine, every combination, and it's all been mediums or longs um, for it. everything. And and if you were to give me, um, tell me, hey, it's a 21 inch uh, in shorts or a uh, 19 in mediums, I would definitely push you towards the mediums. Yeah, uh, that's that's that that makes a lot of sense. So, okay, so um, anything else you want to talk about with this? Uh, I know you guys sell um, some accessories for. Um, you know these evil metal platforms too, right? <laughs> with uh, with right. the heavy uh, bow bolts and things like that. Do, do they replace um, the, the the tiller bolts, or is that separate? Uh, good, good, good question. So it depends on the manufacturer. So there are some <laughs> ILF wood bows. So uh, what what we just mentioned there was the uh, limb bolts. The the push archery limb bolts are uh, just a replacement. They're des- they're mainly designed for the takedown recurve um mm-hmm. like the wood bow to help you add a little bit of mass weight below the grip um oh, adding ma- okay adding mass weight below the grip helps you uh h- helps the bow stabilize better we o- offer them in half pound or quarter pound increments they are threaded on the end with 5 16 um 24 threads so you can add additional weight to these little uh limb bolts and mm-hmm. so these limb bolts uh, uh interface whether you're shooting a, a stalker a wingard or any other of uh, of the bows out there uh 99% of the bows out there um that are takedown wood bows uh run a standard flathead screw that's a 5/16/18 so we took right. that 5/16/18 platform and just extended the head made it large and round and circular and added a lot of mass weight to it so you can replace your stock limb bolt from your from your manufacturer and throw ours in um now those were that's what they were originally designed for but uh most ilf risers come with custom made tiller bolts that aren't 5 16 18 they don't even have that same geometry they're just fully oh. custom made uh there are a few the dos platform i think the morrison da- platform and there's a few others that actually uh have modified bushings that run a 5 16 18 like standard bolt that our uh, limb bolts do interface with i think like the tribe halo our our, our limb bolts work with those as well the morrison platform the dos platform um but yeah so uh that we have those and then we also have the accutunes that's probably our most popular item as it relates to accessories for ILF bows. It's a really cool option to be able to, uh, on the, on the fly, adjust your center shot of your ILF bow. Um, it, it interfaces with the plunger hole. It's just an adjustable side plate. So for the guys that want to shoot off the shelf, um, but have that micro adjustment as they're tuning, you're hitting a couple inches weak. You can just crank your, your center shot out by just turning the AccuTune a few turns makes tuning a breeze. Um, yeah, that's, that's the, that's the other accessory we sell, we sell for that. And, um, we're coming out with our own riser, so that should be coming out soon. We're, we're getting, uh, our, some of the prototypes here next week. So I am extremely excited for that. Yeah. That's, uh, that's kind of like been the buzz. I'm, I'm curious to see what you guys are doing. So. Which, which you can end up with. That's uh, to come on that. <laughs> kinds, yep. of, kinds of scuttlebutt, you know. <laughs> yep, coming soon. All right. Anything else you want to say? No, man. Thanks for having me on. I uh, appreciate all your listeners. Thanks for the support. And um, yes. that's it, man. Appreciate it. So pusharchery.com or yeah, .com, right? Because yep. you got yep. the website. You pusharchery.com. Yep. Facebook group. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, proud to say, I think I was like number 240 something on that when I uh, first joined. Sweet. So. Heck yeah. <laughs> He's been around for a long time. Yep. And I can't imagine that anybody hasn't seen it yet, but you guys are closing in on like almost 700,000 views on the original push video. 
slash movie uh, on YouTube. You know, that's that's about two, two, three years ago, four years ago. I think. Yeah, about yeah, three or four that years ago. Started yeah. it all. So, um, and you know, push archery on on Instagram, right? So. Yep. Push archery yep. everywhere: Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. You name it. It's pretty easy. We stay at least stayed consistent there. <laughs> Cool. All right. We'll stay on the phone with me real quick and okay. um, <clears throat> we'll wrap up. So anyway, thanks everybody for listening. Thanks Matt for being on. Um, that clears up a lot of uh, questions because I know I'm not the only one that has, you know, ILF, uh, uh, you know, I had, I had a kind of surface uh, level knowledge of <clears throat> some of this stuff, but um, we've definitely dived in. I know we could talk for hours and hours. We didn't even get into talking about like uh, changing the, um, uh, what is it? Like they've got like left and right adjustments on, on some of these as far as the, uh, the, the limb pockets and things like that. But I mean, that's kind of beyond what, what, what I want to get into today. So anyway, thanks everybody. For, <clears throat> excuse me. Thanks everybody for listening. Uh, hope you guys have a good July 4th uh, weekend. Be safe and uh, like, share and subscribe. And I'll talk to you guys later. Thanks.